Father, we thank you for these passages of Scripture. We pray that you would give us wisdom as we reflect upon them. May we understand what it means for us today, and may we find some hope in your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's not uncommon at this time of the year to hear people uh, paint a picture of what Christmas time is like. And it's this uh, beautiful experience of people uh, gathered around family and enjoying a great meal. And everyone you want to be there is there. And it's just a, a fantastic time, just filled with joy and laughter and happiness. And, and I've heard these kinds of, of descriptions even recently, people talking about that. And thankfully, sometimes that is indeed the case. That is the experience of certain people, but it's not the experience of everyone. And there are times when that just is not the way things look. There is actually a picture uh, that we have that I often think about at Christmas time. And in this picture, it's a, it was taken at my parents' house. And uh, the picture has uh, my mother and father and Logan when he was uh, just a, a little baby. And it's, uh, I can still picture it as uh, my mom is down on the, the floor with Logan and uh, my dad is sitting in his favorite chair and he's uh, got his hand on Logan's head. And it, if you were to see the picture, you would think, well, that's a, just a, a beautiful, lovely picture. That's the picture of what we want for Christmas. However... When I look at that picture, I don't just see the joy and the good memories of when that picture was taken. I also think about the loss that it represents. That it has been uh, about 10 years since both my parents have been gone. And I wish that on Christmas Day I could... uh, if not actually visit my parents, at least to be able to give them a phone call and to wish them a Merry Christmas. I definitely would love to be there in that house, even with that that ugly Christmas tree that they should have gotten rid of uh, decades ago. I would have loved to have been there and to be able to experience them. I think about Logan, uh, who we're not going to see Christmas morning, nor are we going to be seeing Abby. Uh, They will be coming later on, probably the next day. But Ideally, uh, all five of our children would be living in our house and we would be able to experience them and just have that, that perfect Christmas. But the fact is, that's not the way reality is. The, the picture-perfect Christmas doesn't always happen. Are you experiencing something similar to that this year? Is there something that is missing in your Christmas Uh, It perhaps is a loved one who has passed away. Maybe it's someone who passed away a long time ago. Or maybe it has been more recent. Perhaps there is uh, someone that you wish could be around, but for various circumstances, they're just not able to be there. Maybe they're in another country. Or maybe uh, there is a, a broken relationship that has taken place that you just cannot have them there. But it might not even be about relationships. Maybe there are some struggles uh, financially that are going. Or maybe there are some health struggles that are happening that are just not making Christmas the way you want it to be. Now, if that is the case, I would want to say to you, peace be upon you. That's what I would want to say. And yet, even as I say that, 
it seems a little bit hollow. It's really easy for me just to stand here and to say, well, I'm a pastor and I'm going to pronounce peace upon your lives. And so you can leave this place and go back to your life experience and everything is okay. And yet, life is still hard no matter what. There's still difficulty. One of the things that I love about Christianity is that it doesn't seek to ignore these feelings and these experiences, but rather it confronts them head on. And that's what draws me to Christianity. And we're going to be looking at, this morning, the fruit of the Spirit, specifically peace and patience. And I believe that those fruit speak very powerfully into these experiences. So, when we say that we're going to seek peace we need to have some idea of what peace really is. What kind of peace are we talking about? Very often, when we talk about peace, we mean we just want people to cease fighting. So uh, when our children are bickering with each other and we want peace, as long as they just like be quiet and stop making noise, we're happy. Okay, That's as far as we really need it to go at that particular point. But that's not necessarily real peace. Uh, very often at, at Christmas time, people think back to World War One and the Christmas Eve of 1914. And there seemed to be something miraculous that took place where the, the uh, opposing troops got out of their trenches and they exchanged gifts. They uh, played uh, uh, soccer, or more properly, football, uh, with each other. And they just stopped fighting for a day and just uh, celebrated Christmas. They sang Christmas carols together in their, in their own languages. And there's something beautiful about that, but there's also something sad about it, too. Because once all that was done, they crawled back into their trenches, they picked up their rifles, and they began to kill one another once more. That was not true peace. Uh, We've just uh, finished celebrating the 100th anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I. And I'm sure there was much joy on that November 11th in 1918. And yet, what was done in the the Treaty of Versailles that that, uh, ended all the, the hostilities that were going on there set up everything so that Hitler would come to power and war was ensured just a decade or two later. Uh, as Obviously, I'm very interested in, in military history. The, the last illustration I think about is Neville Chamberlain, who was the Prime Minister of, uh, of Great Britain, and uh, he had gone to Germany to try to negotiate with Adolf Hitler because he wanted to prevent war from breaking out in Europe. And he came home with a piece of paper, and there's a, you can just look on YouTube, you can see the, the film of him there as he, he waves the paper in the air and says, we have achieved peace in our time. And then, not much longer, the war began. It was not true peace. What is the peace that we're looking for? In the Bible, peace is shalom. And shalom does not just mean the the cessation of hostilities. It doesn't mean you just stop fighting. It's about wholeness. That's what shalom really means. Everything that is supposed to be there is there. So we talk about uh, having peace with God, having that relationship with God as being peace with God. 
what that means is not just that God isn't mad at us anymore. It's rather about the presence of something positive, that there is something good there. We are adopted as daughters and sons of God. That is something positive. That is the way things are supposed to be, and that is shalom. Now, I have to tell you, when I think about shalom and having all the things that I would want at Christmas time, they would include having my family there. So that would include having my parents still alive. That would include having all my children there. But that is not the case. That is not going to happen. And that is where patience comes in. What is patience? Patience is acknowledging that you're not going to get everything that you want right now. It's just not going to happen. Now, uh, our culture just trains us to be completely impatient. Have you ever been through the drive through of a fast food place and it, you have to wait three minutes? And it's horrible. Like, I can't believe I have to wait three whole minutes for my meal. This is just absolutely unacceptable. You're ready to, to call in the manager and it's just, it's just absolutely terrible. Have you ever been in a hurry and you're, you're at the light and it seems like you're waiting for like half an hour at this light? But if you actually got your watch out and timed the light, you would see that it's not taking very long at all. But we are so impatient. We need to go, go, go now. That's the way our culture has trained us. And yet there is a call to patience within the Christian faith. And this is the key to peace, is that we believe that we can experience peace, but it's going to happen in God's time and not our time. We might want to have things a certain way right now, and that is not going to happen. But God is at work. God has a plan, and he is moving us towards that plan. We just need to be patient and to wait and to watch. And this is going to bring us to the Beatitudes. And this is where I want to illustrate some of what's being talked about here about peace and patience within the teachings of Jesus. Now, I have to say, the Beatitudes, which were read for us, they are weird. Have you ever just read them and looked at them? And yes, the, the words are beautiful, but the message that is being proclaimed there is very, very strange. Because these are not the people that we would say are blessed. Uh, to say that the people who are mourning are being blessed, the people who are being persecuted, they're the ones who are being blessed? That doesn't seem right. If we were to write uh, an accurate beatitude of the way we think people are blessed, we would say, blessed are the rich, uh, blessed are the popular, blessed are the healthy, blessed are those in authority, uh, blessed are those who have influence, blessed are those who are respected, uh, blessed are those who are comfortable, that would seem to make sense. Those are the ones who are experiencing blessing. But that's not what it is saying. It's saying that people in circumstances that we wouldn't necessarily think of as being blessed are indeed blessed. But what does it mean to be blessed? Well, we think of blessing very often, and even within the church, we'll talk about it as uh, this person's really blessed because they have so much money or they have uh, so many uh, things that we just uh, respect and appreciate. But that's not necessarily what blessed means. Blessed means to be filled with peace, to be content, to be uh, just 
experiencing a peace beyond circumstances. And that is what is being promised here. And so notice here in the, in the passage in the Beatitudes where it says, blessed are those who mourn, that it's not saying that we shouldn't mourn. It's not saying that when bad things happen, we need to pretend that everything is all right. It doesn't say, blessed are those who experience loss, but who don't show it. That's not what it says. It says, blessed are those who mourn. So we're allowed to mourn, we're allowed to grieve, we're allowed to experience emotions, but within that, God will bring peace. What it's saying is that mourning and persecution and these other things are not the final word. And this is where patience comes in, that it's not going to happen right now, but it is happening. And we're going to have a bit more patience and peace uh, this Christmas than we did last Christmas. And next Christmas, we're going to have even more peace. And the Christmas after that, it might happen just in increments, but it will happen. The message of Christianity is that there is a goal that our lives and all of history are moving towards. And that is what we are seeking. We think a lot about at this time of year, rightfully so, the first advent of Jesus when he was born. And yet we need to also be looking at the second advent, when Jesus is going to return. And it's not about making predictions about end times or anything like that, but just acknowledging that God has a plan, and he's going to make everything all right. We might not be able to change our circumstances, but we can change our perspective and to look at the big picture. Now, I don't want to minimize the suffering that you're going through right now. I don't want to minimize the grief. I don't want to pretend that everything is okay. But I do want to say that peace and patience are real. They are the fruit of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and is able to bring about those things, even if we don't feel it at the time. I'd like to conclude this morning with a reading from Revelation chapter 21. And I want to just acknowledge that the book of Revelation was not written to give people in the 21st century clues about what the end of the world was going to look like. It was written to to real Christians who were going through very difficult circumstances, who were struggling and wondering where God was in the midst of their suffering. And this was the revelation that was given to them. And I want to read to you from Revelation 21, Verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are at work. You are at work in history, but you are at work in each of our lives as well. And there are things that are happening in our lives right now that we do not like, that we do not understand. But we pray that your perfect peace would intervene into our lives, that we would have the patience to wait for the work that is taking place for the fruit of the Spirit to appear in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.